Jackson, this is uh, Jimmy. Uh, we're going to be going over perspective today next to Jason Pate. Um, how are you doing, man? Doing great. <clears throat> All right, this one we're going to dive a little deep into your perspective and then also, you know, if, the, if there was a subtitle, be, you know, others motivated and driving them through your perspective. Um, so starting it off with that word, perspective, what does that mean to you and kind of your life going into Young and Fate Companies and, and where we're at? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in order to talk about perspective, um, you know, I, which was a word that I started hearing a lot and I realized that, you know, perspective is, is such a big part of our everyday life. Everything that we do has to do with our perspective. When, when we wake up in the morning, our perspective of the day and the things that are going on around us and what's going to happen at work or how our kids are going to act or what our wife's going to say or our husband's going to say, it drives us into our mood. So I realized that if we could focus on our perspective, then, you know, not only could we change our business, but we could change hearts and minds. And, you know, I think the better off our perspective is, the better off we are as human beings as a whole. Uh, so, you know, in order to do that, you know, I, I kind of struggled with it for a while to tell my own story about how, um, you know, perspective changed my life. And, you know, I realized real quick that, you know, I, I had the perfect story to explain, you know, how perspective was, especially, you know, for people that knew me in the past, you know, they, they know where my perspective was at and where it is today and, and can tell a tremendous change. So, um, you know, some, some of you have heard me tell this story before and, and talk about it. Some of you have not. So, um, you know, when I was 18 years old, I went to the police academy and became a law enforcement officer shortly thereafter. Um, I was also in the Marine Corps, um, and um, I spent about uh, just at 10 years doing both of those things. Uh, and in my, my youth uh, is when I did that. So, you know, coming out of high school is all you you know, no, you know, you're still not grown yet. You still haven't figured things out in your 20s. I don't care what anybody says. You're not a man. You're not a woman. You know, you're still figuring it out, right? So I was still figuring it out. But um, when I got into uh, law enforcement from a very, very early stage of that, um, I became a member of SWAT. Uh, during that time on SWAT, I became a sniper. Um, and held several different positions on the team, um, but that was that was one of them that I really concentrated on uh, for a while. Uh, shortly thereafter that, um, I became a part of a group uh, that focused on street level narcotics, prostitution, gambling, you know those kinds of things. And I was actually uh, put on a task force by uh, the chief of police at the time to go clean up this area where I worked. And this area was well known throughout Central Florida. Um, there was actually groups that came from other cities uh, to hang out at this place. And it was the wild, wild west. Uh, this city was a city that, you know, had a very small population for a while and then blew up overnight. So the, the police force, you know, couldn't really handle it. And I think a lot of the, the criminals at the time, they knew that. So they would come there to party, and it was just literally the wild, wild west. Every night you would hear gunshots in the air. You would have, you know, you would drive down the streets, and somebody would throw beer bottles at you. Uh, it was just, it was off the chain. So so the chief of police, the new chief of police came in, and he said, hey, I want 
five guys, I want to create this unit. And I want you guys to go in and I want you to take care of business. I want you to clean it up. And at the time you had to be on SWAT, you had to be, you know, specially trained to do these things. And, and, um, the task force was created. And for about a year I spent every night almost, I didn't have much time off sometimes, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours, um, back then, um, being a proactive police officer, as a, as a, I didn't answer calls. I went and made calls. So um, it was a lot of search warrants. It was a lot of chasing people around, a lot of fights, a lot of, you know, really aggressive side of law enforcement. What was the thought going, like when you first got like picked into that? What was that perspective like? Oh man, I just got picked for this new unit, this, this group. Yeah, so I was jacked up. You know, I was a very high speed guy. I wanted to do it all. You know, I, I really, you know, looking back, there was more stupidity, but, you know, I, I didn't have the, the, the fear blocking me as much, I think, as, as maybe some. Um, it, and that wasn't a good thing. I don't say that for it to be a good thing, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to excel. I wanted, right. I've always had the natural instinct to want to grow, to want to get to the next level to get promoted and to do, you know, more than, you know, the next guy, I guess. I just, I've always had that mentality. And that was one of those things. That was an elite in, in that point in time and where I was at in life, that was elite for me, right? So I said, okay, yeah, absolutely, I'm in, you know, let's go. And it became kind of a big thing. We got in the paper, it was, uh, you know, everybody kind of wanted to be us. If you were a cop, yeah, man, I mean, just, yeah, just jacked up, you know, so, but there was a lot of negative that came with that, you know, because it was just the worst of the worst day in, day out. Uh, and it, it truly affected my, my home life. Uh, it, it affected a lot of things, but, you know, because of, you know, not only that, but um, shortly after that, um, I went and started doing undercover narcotics um, with a group and um, did about a couple years doing that um, and uh, did a lot of uh, search warrants on methamphetamine labs, um, just did a lot of stuff. Everything that I did was on the aggressive side of, of everything. So day in, day out, it was just aggressive. I was taught from the very beginning you know, not only, you know, in law enforcement and the Marine Corps, both of them have the kind of the same mentality as far as, you know, the groups that I was in was that you don't lose, period. You have to win all the time. So the pressure for me to succeed in every situation that I was in was just extraordinary because I could not lose. Um, and, you know, it made me very bitter. It made me very, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of in a dark place. I didn't like people didn't want to be around people. If I was around you, you know, I thought the worst of you from the very beginning. It was up to you to prove to me that you were any better than any of that crap on the street that I was dealing with. And, you know, it, it, it made me just, it, it made me miserable inside. It made me miserable for my family. It made me drink a lot. Um, I definitely, you know, turn to that. I you know, wouldn't say I ever became an alcoholic, but you know, I I definitely put it down, and uh, that was my way to, you know, try to numb things out. Um, I, I had problems sleeping. At one point uh, during my time in one of those units, and and this kind of sounds, you know, crazy for for what I did, but there was actually there was a contract put out on us, um, and it was just kind of a street level contract. It was for ten thousand dollars to kill. Uh, one of us. And during that time, 
there was a couple of our um, unit officers and one of our lieutenants that got followed home. Um, luckily, they were smart enough to be able to see that and lead right. them away. And then um, actually one of the, the corporals that was on the team at the time, um, thank God he was on vacation, but some of these guys, they came up and they shot up his house and killed his dogs. Um, so that's pure exhaustion. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my perspective, but just the you know being exhausted. You know, I would imagine looking over your shoulder, the streets kind of curated that perspective to where you're kind of don't trust anyone. No, right? no trust, man. No trust at all. Um, just completely darkness all the time. Everything that I was in, just feeling like I was under a you know a ton of bricks and I couldn't get out. But yet I was doing an honorable, honorable thing, right? And, you know, of course, couldn't show emotion, couldn't show any of that kind of stuff, you know? And I've never been really an emotional guy, um, you know, but even going back to, you know, to, to back that up a little bit to, to kind of give you some perspective there, I was, I was struggling with, like, you know, becoming my dad. My dad was a, uh, he did two tours in Vietnam, and he was a crew chief on a Huey helicopter. He got three Purple Hearts, he was shot down three times, and he got the Bronze Star. So you can think about the mentality and the perspective that he had that he laid upon me. Right. You know, my dad was very quiet. He didn't talk. He didn't mentor me necessarily. He taught me a lot, but I had a great dad. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, but that era shaped his whole entire life. It wasn't until about two years before he passed that he started coming out of his shell at all. To, to anything and um, so I, I was kind of wrestling and I didn't know it at the time with becoming my dad right and so I'm sitting there thinking like you know I'm becoming this person and um, so again it, it just turned my perspective very very dark well after you know all of that um, you know this a lot of that did lead me into a divorce so I ended up getting a divorce uh, from my first wife, and then I, I met Courtney. Uh, and you know, me, and uh, me and Courtney, we spent a lot of time together. And, of course, at that point in time, you know, I met Chuck pretty quick, you know, in that. And, um, you know, I, I, I tell a story. When I asked Chuck for Courtney's hand in marriage, we went outside, and they had a pool there. And it was a table out by the pool, and we went out there in private, you know. And I said, you know, hey, listen, just want to sit down and, you know, tell you, I love your daughter, you know, we want to get married. And, uh, you know, kind of how it went was, you know what, that, that's great. You know, that sounds real good. But let's talk about the business a little bit, right? right. It, and and the, the rest, the 45 minutes uh, of the conversation was about the business, you know. So, you, you know how Chuck is, he's just very business-oriented, and that's, that's where it's at. But that's kind of how the conversation went. You know, we were talking about life and, you know, work and, you know, how, how you know, all that, that went. So... From forming the new perspective, yeah, like meeting somebody like him and, and that family, yeah, you know, talking about business versus you know the contracts that are out and you know these jobs that you had to go on and all this stuff, yeah, you know, forming a whole new perspective. Right? Yeah, and and with with them, with Chuck, you know, I, I started seeing a, a different perspective, but I was still kind of in that, you know, that that mindset because I was still in law enforcement and I was. Um, still in the Marine Corps at the time, and um, you know, so so that hadn't shaped me yet. But right. through spending time with Chuck and Nancy, and you know, the family and everything, I, I started seeing the the difference, and I started seeing the change, and I started to wonder. And of course, the conversations, you know, started to have 
happen about you know me coming on board and and um, and working and 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 finally you know I kind of decided we decided okay let's let's give this a shot which was a, a very big leap of faith for me um, and you know I was I was really scared about it I felt like I was abandoning my brothers I felt like you know if I'm not doing this well what if something happens you know what if you know, I was involved in the Matt Williams thing. You know, Matt Williams, that whole deal, you know, that, that really shaped my thought process as to how strong of a bond and brotherhood this is. So I would think back to that time frame, and I'm like, well, what if that happens again and I'm not there to help? What if I'm the guy, you know, that that, that helps in that situation? That's a, you know, it's probably a, a bad way to think, you know, but that's where my mind was at. So I was battling with, you know, I, I felt like I was abandoning starting my brother, chapter. starting a new chapter. Yeah. So once I, I, I made that challenge or took that challenge, um, you know, I remember sitting inside of a, a Badcock store and kind of sitting behind the identity wall, you know, and back then we collected. So I was a collector, right? And I, we'd collect on accounts and we repo furniture, perfect for next cop, right? Yeah, dollar for dollar. That's right. So, you know, we would do that. You know, we would do that. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting back there and thinking, oh, my God, what, what have I done? You know, do you know? You know, I'm sitting there playing back all these things that, you know, if you saw live, you would be like, that's meant for TV. You know, that's like, wow, you know. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, what have I done? I... I didn't realize at the time, but I, that was that transition, you know, and, and people that are in law enforcement, the military, when they transition out into civilian life, it's a true transition, right. you know, and, and, and I was going through that and didn't even recognize it, and it put me in a dark, uh, even darker place, right? So, but as time went on, you know, Chuck really took me under his wing, you know, and he you know, would have conversations with me and he would talk to me and I would see how he would react to things inside of the business. And, you know, he, he truly became a mentor to me. And, you know, the things that, that he told me and the love that him and Nancy showed me was beyond anything that I had ever seen. I mean, you know, here I am just this you know, normal guy. And all of a sudden they're saying here, you know, come into our family and, you know, here's this business, you know, and, you know, let's do this thing. And, and they believed in me and, you know, through, you know, love and through mentorship, you know, they taught me to be who I am today. That started changing my perspective. I started seeing Chuck's perspective, which was positive, which was trying to influence people and truly wanting to do the right thing and do the best that he could to have a successful business the right way, right? right? You know, he, he even said it yesterday. It just always sticks out in my mind. You know, any deal that we do, we're going to put in more than what we take, right. right? And that's always been his mentality. And so I started seeing all of these things, and it started to change my perspective. Now, where I was scared at and where I feel like, you know, a lot of our sales associates, let's say, they're, they're a perfect example, get scared at is to they realize that the perspective needs to change, but how do I do that? Right. Because for start. me, yeah, where do you start at? How do you, how do you do? And for me, you know, it was a thing of, okay, well, I'm this, I'm Sarge, right? I'm this aggressive guy. I've got this persona. I can't smile. I can't show emotion. I always have to be on. 
I always have to have my chest out. I always have to be looking at my six and looking around me. 360 degree view, sitting in a restaurant back to the wall, back to the wall so I can see the door. Constantly on, I have to be that guy. Courtney would tell me, she's like, why do you always look pissed off, right? I would go to a party, whatever it was, she's like, you, what are you doing? It's all over your face, you know? Uh, you're not approachable. And I'm like, good. I don't want to be approachable. You know? I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. But so, I don't even know where, oh, I know where I was going yeah. with it. But so, you know, for me, it was, okay, I knew that I needed to change my perspective to get to that next level and grow. Right. But I was scared to go and, and kind of change my persona to this happier, nicer guy because I was afraid I would let my guard down, right? right? And then I wouldn't be, I would lose my identity. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's who I am. Like, you know, down deep, yeah. you know, that, that's who I am. You know, it's just the stone wall, you know. And I have to work at, you know, being a more of an extrovert than an introvert. You know, I have to work at those things, and that's okay. We all do. We all have, you know, those things we have to work towards. So, so anyways, so I think that's that's our our biggest challenge is 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 finding a way to figure out how do you make that first step out of where you're at into that new perspective. You know, what I did is I took a little step at a time, and then I I, I kept in that same direction, taking another step and another step until that became comfortable. And then I would take another step into another direction that was right into that new perspective. And then I just kept walking. And what I've realized where I'm at now, my perspective now compared to where it was, is where that's brought me. You know, where that's brought me as a person, as a, you know, a, a, as a, a leader, mentor, whatever it is, it's brought me to a place of more success. You know, my demeanor, my perspective walking into a store can change that day for multiple different people. If I walk into a store with the perspective of, up, oh, door turns are down, let's yeah. just close it down. Who's got a Facebook page up so we can flip through it, right? right. If I go into it with that perspective, that's what I'm going to get out of it. But if I go into it with that positive perspective, knowing that that is truly, we all know. I mean, come on, let's just be honest. That's where we need to be. Yeah. Is in that perspective where we see the good and we see what could be obtained, you know? Um, I think a, a lot of times, too, like talking about, like, where do you start? I think it's easy if you have a mentor that's constantly right there because then you kind of follow suit. You kind of follow that. But it's when that person's not there. Like, how do you continue to do that? Like, for you, like, you know, bouncing off the truck and you're seeing it all the time. Like, okay, this is the right way. Is that, and it's that constant reminder you know, but when you're by yourself, what was that work like to change your perspective? Because there's a lot of times you're by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. So fitness, health, all that kind of stuff. So you had to dig deep. So talking to the sales associates, like, okay, I know what I have to do. I can even comment to somebody else on what they should be doing, yeah. but not take my own advice. Like, how do I get there, right? So what did you do personally to get there to that next level to where it wasn't fake, to where it yeah. wasn't just flesh, you know? First off, it sucks. Because yeah. in the quiet is when the demons come out. That's right. I, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate more than anything. I, I, this is weird. So try to understand this. I love more than anything being by myself. But I hate it more than anything as well. Right. Because that's when the demons come out. That's when your mm-hmm. thoughts become louder. That's when, you know, anything in your mind starts screaming and yelling. Because you're absolutely right. You know, I, if I'm... 
riding in the truck in the truck with Chuck all day, you know, I can be positive. I can stay down that road because that's, you know, that that's where he keeps it in, in his lane, right? So I'm good to go. But then when I go home, how do you, how do you do that? And the answer is one, it, it's a process. Okay, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that you just realize. Right. But I truly think in everybody, you have to get to a point, no matter whether it's finances, perspective, relationship, whatever it is. You have to get to a point to where you're you're tired of being in that broke. same spot. You're broken. You're yeah. broke. You're done. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be poor anymore. I don't want to fight with my spouse anymore. You know, I don't want to feel stressed out, and I don't want to be have this anxiety anymore. You have to get to that point to where you're done, right. and then you have to start the change. And sometimes it takes the smallest thing, and just focusing on it in each and every day and repeating it in your head. You know, I'm going to be positive today. I am going to say something nice to somebody today. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. You have to get out of your comfort zone with, with, with perspective. You know, and the, the, the bottom line is to anything that you want to change is you cannot change something if you continue to keep doing the same thing. Yeah, right? same results. Same results. Yeah. You're going to get the same re results. You keep spending money. You know, like it's going out of style, you are going to continue to be in debt. Yeah. You stop doing that and change your perspective on what you do with your money. Now that leads in a different direction, right? So going back to, to, to me. So over time, I would have those conversations in my mind, and I would think about the greater good. I would think about what in my life is this going to positively impact. So it positively impacts the business. It positively impacts, you know, a hundred plus people. Right. You know, it 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 impacts positively my family, Courtney, the kids. You know, it affects everything positively if I do this. So I'm I had to keep reminding myself, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Second to that, I had to take those times where I was in that silence. And I could control those demons into a podcast or I'm going to listen to something, you know, that's positive or I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to listen to some music I like or I'm not going to listen to anything. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to zone out on what I need to do, and what I need to think about and whatever you do in that, you know, shape it to where it's going to change your day and your perspective for something positive. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, like not having anything on, like sometimes that, that silence is the most loud, right? And it, it just kind of takes over you a little bit, all of your feelings and, and emotions and stuff like that. Um, I have dry erase board in my garage and, you know, I'll write my workout and I'll write a word up there, you know, and it may just be power or maybe, you know, a, a movement or something or just something that's in my mind. And most of the time, like, I'll, I'll catch myself, you know, thinking about the workout after I'm done. I'm like, man, that was really hard. But the best feeling to me in working out and change perspective is that when when you get through that workout, it was really hard, but you did it. Yeah. So you already started the day off with a win. You know, nothing else will matter, you know. So when you go through, it's like, okay, I got one win. Can I get another one? You know, I want to impact, you know, the managers. You know, I want to make a difference and, and things of that nature. So your perspective, you know, has grown tremendously from, you know, from the streets, you know, to – the aisles, so to say, you know, in the bad cop store and, and who you surround yourself with. So taking a, a new sales associate or, or existing sales associate has been there for a while and maybe they're in, they're in the funk or they, they find themselves just comfortable, right? So how would you motivate them 
you know, going to the next level, knowing that motivation is just a uh, emotion, right? It's just a kind of like a kickstarter. Hunger is what we're really after. You know, that's what you and I both have is that hunger, that passion, that want. Uh, motivation just kind of gets us there like a cup of coffee. So how would you, if I'm that person, I'm that sales associate says, hey, listen, you know, typically I land around this, you know, per month and I'm, I'm above average, but, you know, I want a little bit more. You know, I do have all these things you talked about, you know, marital issues, uh, uh, debt, or, you know, I feel like I'm not successful. I haven't became a manager yet, you know. How would you change my perspective? The first thing that you got to do is stop thinking that it's the job's fault or right. that it's something that you can do in the job and start thinking about yourself, right? So inside your head, our, our whole world is created between our two ears, right? Everything that we think, our perspective, the positives, the negatives, all of it is in between our, our two ears. Usually every problem that we have as a human race is created between two ears yeah. and we can affect and change almost everything by changing our perspective in between our ears think about this you take an egg right you break it from the outside what happens death nothing right. but if an egg breaks from the inside what happens growth right yeah. a chicken's born if it, if it opens from the inside right? right so that's life so that's what we have to do mentally is we have to self-assess and we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, what am I doing wrong, taking ownership that I'm the problem, not the job, not my wife, not somebody else, I'm the problem, taking ownership of that and saying, what can I do to change my perspective and what I'm doing? That's where you start at. And it's not, you know, all these other things. Those things come later, whether it's, you know, calling approved with no purchase or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to boost your sales. It's starting with ourselves and thinking, you know, I need to change and I need to change in this direction and here's where I need to start. If you're not a motivated individual on your own, that's something that you need to strive for. If you don't want success inside your mind, you're not going to have success. If you're not making money inside your own mind, you're not going to make money on in your pocket. Yeah. You know, you have to change everything between your two ears to affect everything on the outside of your two ears. This is how it is. Life and death is at the tongue, right? So it's not only at the tongue, but it's in, in the brain. You know, if you constantly are sitting there beating yourself up, you know, how would you have a good perspective? If you're, you know, casting all these negative things on you, like, oh, I'll never do this, I'll never do that. And, okay. and uh, you know, being goal-oriented goal is something that both of us share. You know, what is something like how do you create these goals, you know, and not to get down in details of your specific goals, but if somebody says, okay, listen, I, I understand I need to be more motivated. I want to create a goal, but how do I stick to that goal? What is something that you do that keeps you disciplined or, or planted to your goal? So I, for me to, to keep planted, I look at things that attach to my heartstrings the most. Right. So that's, that's my wife, that's my family, um, you know, that's, you know, knowing that, hey, we, we have a family, res uh, a family business, and, you know, our family is responsible for that business and the people that are in it. Right. So when I think about those people that are in it, and I think about my kids and my family, and I want them to be, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, what? taken care of, I want them to be, yeah. you know, feel safe in, in where we're at and what we're doing. 
you know, that keeps me grounded in the goals because I know I can't let those people down. I, to make sure that, that I'm staying in line with those goals so that they're taken care of. So, you know, and it could be anything. I mean, you may not have kids. You may be, you know, a single person. But everybody has something that, that attaches here. Mom, dad, whatever it is, making them proud, right? Attached to that. Right. You know, and if your goal is to get here financially, attach that to your mom and dad and being able to take care of them and do something for them. Yeah. You know? I think it's important to write down the goal. Um, I'm not a big person on journaling. You know, I you know, I have terrible handwriting, so I probably couldn't read it anyways. But one thing I'm school in Polk County, so. Yeah, Polk County. Oh, forever brave. But, um, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, writing down those goals or, you know, triumphs or, or different things, right? Just kind of one word is kind of why I go after. My goals I write on my mirror um, with the dry erase marker, and I've, I've shared that story a couple of times and where I've heard that from. But I kept doing that. But I think that's very important for the employees to understand and our, our team members to understand that, you know, we're fine for their table too, you know. We may be talking about, you know, the Younger Pig family or, or my family and stuff like that because that's what ultimately we're all fighting for. But you have to do some soul searching to, like, what do I want, right? So the individual in the company has to be selfish at one time. And that selfishness is finding out what do I want. And you kind of go forward from there. But ultimately, we're fighting for those tables, too. You know, if, if Jason and Courtney, Courtney are having a good dinner or game night at that, that family tradition that we've created, that table they bought, then we're doing something right, you know, and we want to continue that down all the way through every 103 employees that we have. You know, we want to affect that, that dinner table, you know, and we want to, and I think it's incredible, you know, creating jobs and, and the infrastructure is growing and creating those things through the perspective. And we've seen a lot of growth from it so much or since we've started talking about it so much um, and I think it's important to to get out and talk about you know where you've been and, and the perspective to let people know that you know it's all right like yeah you know past did suck you know there's a reason why it's the past right and you, you keep moving it forward grace is a real thing um, you know so I think that going into each day and, and understanding you know being thankful for what you have um, giving yourself grace for what happened yesterday. So if you did mess up on the sales floor or, or as a manager, you messed up with that employee, you know, know that there's grace, you know, and kind of just start fresh. Um, so I think that's so good. And, you know, just and to kind of end on this, I would like to know, like, your motivation, where do you primarily get it from? Do you find it? Um, I know that we've talked about like the working out and podcasts or silence. Where do you where do you find that like, if somebody's coming to you, where should they start? I get my motivation from Courtney. Yeah, you know. So I just mean, call Courtney. Yeah, call everybody. Courtney. Call Courtney. It's eight six three. No, I mean you know Courtney. You know she makes me want to be a better man all the time. I know that that's sounds awesome. cliche. No, it's good. But, um, you know, that's where I get my motivation day in and day out is, you know, how much better can I do, you know, for her? And the kids are, you know, in that in that too. But, um, you know, she's always driven me to get to the next step. And she's never, you know, she's never um, faulted me, right. you know, for any of my emotion or any of my you know, the, the, uh, you know, the way I am or any of those things. Right. Um, and, 
It has a lot of grace. Like it may even be stupidity. I don't know. We may need to get her checked. But uh, no, that's that's where I get my my motivation um, is from her. You know, I would say second to that again. You know, and the kids being you know part of that too and doing better from them. Um, I do get a lot of motivation from our company when I see these things that we're talking about being played out because right. then I know, okay. We're, we're moving in the right direction. I don't care if we talk about this and we change somebody's perspective and they go to work somewhere else. I don't want them to. I hope they stay with us forever. Right. But if at the very least we create a change in somebody's perspective and who they are and we can send them out into the world that with a little bit better attitude, hey, I'm good with that. Yeah. So that, that motivates me as well. I, I think it's huge. I think that sets us up for the next episode. Uh, not a good way, but hearts and minds. I think it's huge. Um, and I think it's good to have, you know, and knowing Courtney, I can see that. Um, but also, you know, that relationship, you know, it affects everywhere. People see that. Um, my life, too. You know, I, I see you guys. I see Miss, uh, Mr. Chuck Miss Nancy. And you want to do better, not because you want that, but you're like, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. and, and walking in grace and love and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I think it's huge to have a, a cheerleader of some sort in your life, if it is a companion, if it's spouse, whatever it may be, uh, no matter what it is, to have a cheerleader kind of that silently pushes you. Because mm -hmm. I know Courtney's not going and telling you, you know, go buy 15 more stores and hit this number. You know, it's more of, Hey, whatever you think is right, and you know, let's just take care of the person, you know, and the rest will be handled. Right. Um, so, I think it's great stuff. So, uh, I think that was great. Uh, we're gonna wrap up the perspective of Jason and Jimmy here at Furniture Faction. Uh, stay tuned for the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks.